Hey, can you guys hear me? Oh, there we go. We ready. we ready. Hey, it wasn't it wasn't nothing but the devil. No pressure. <laughs> no pressure. We we know you used to pressure, so you know. That, yeah, we back. We back. We back. Hey, hey, there wasn't nothing but a full court press. You good? It's you, good. you know we you know we breaking that. Yes, sir. You good. <laughs> Hey, let me run. Let me run the intro back again. Today we honored to have Cold Water Zone Lady Cougar. How many times state champion, Ash? Back to back, two times. Back to back, two times state champion. Former Arkansas Razorback forward, former pro hooper from the home team, Ashley Daniels. What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? Thank you. 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 Thank you.
that just kind of put something in me. And then I wanted to make a name for myself. You know, I didn't want to always be brand brand sister. So that's when I had to, you know, get off my ass and do what I needed to do to try to, you know what I'm saying, be a better player and make a name for myself. And that's when I became AD. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> that's what's up. Um, do you think, speaking of cold water basketball, um, coming behind us, your inspiration, all that you said already, I remember times when uh, y'all would win and come back from a two, three-hour road trip and had to practice probably down there midnight. Do you feel like that, that contributed to the success of y'all going 35 and 0? Oh, most definitely. Um, like, Coach Fowler played no games. You know, like you said, we would win by 30, 40, come back, shooting in the gym, shooting free throws in the dark, in a dark gym because we went maybe 12 for 20 from the free throw line. Or even going to Northwest um, summer camp, Delta State summer camps, and running in the parking lot because we missed too many layups. Uh, we had too many turnovers, you know. So, and even winning 30-plus and coming in and practice the next day and not even touching a basketball. We straight no. running. We going outside. You know, that did instill a lot of um, motivation, uh, a lot of uh, – it really prepared me for college, to say the least. Um, going into college off of a Coast Five preseason, postseason workout, man, I'm telling you, as a freshman, those workouts did nothing for me. Like, well, no, I ain't gonna say nothing for me. But it really didn't. It it didn't. It was nothing that I had not seen before because Coast Five had us prepared for that. So yes, everything that he did from sixth grade up into my senior year definitely prepared me to for college and for the professional level, and it's still with me today. That was uh, I was about to ask you if, if you reading off my notes because that was my next question. Um, <laughs> did uh, did practices like they prepare you for the next level? And uh, do you, sh as a coach, do you share those experiences with your players now, or, or how they feel about coming, the stories about coming in after winning by forty and then practicing? <laughs> I do, I do share those stories now, and it's crazy because the generation now have no idea of what discipline and hard work and work, what a good work ethic was back then. Like now a lot of a lot of um players do feel entitled. Um they do feel like, you know, as long as I'm at practice when I'm supposed to be at practice, then that's enough. But you know, those so Bible will have us come in sometimes five AM and then another after school practice. Um those things definitely prepare me um for a player and a coach. And I do talk to my my players um, about those things and let them know like that's how that's what groomed me to be the the player that I was. I mean, I, I don't think I was the greatest, but I think I was a really good player. And I do have to give my hats off to Coach Spiva because you know he played a big part in that. Yeah, that's dope. That's dope. Yeah. Good, good, good points. Uh, I'm gonna jump to a question, but I'm gonna make sure I make a note here because I heard you say something a moment ago, and we'll okay. come back to it later. But uh, but I'm going to remind you that I will say that you mentioned something that you and Rayshon would agree on on, okay. on, on the work ethic on uh, on kids today. So, uh, okay. so we'll come back to that. But uh, let, let me stick to you one more time about about cold water basketball and, and what y'all accomplished. And so, you know, me, Matt, and I would say somewhat Jordan, we saw many teams come before you, you know, I know, you know, too, because you was on the road too, riding, you know, with your brother, you know, playing this yeah. and all that. 
So yeah. Coldwater had a lot of supporters for the uh, the girls and the guys. And, you know, it was many teams before you that went to state, and we just couldn't get gold. And, and one of those games, Charlene Murphy was playing off a broke foot, shooting threes off one foot. I know y'all remember that. Yes, against so, Bay Springs. Yeah, so with, with y'all able to um, bring gold home twice, you know, I know you I know you enjoyed it. You know, I know Coach Bowden enjoyed it, but if you can just think back to that moment, you know, how was that moment for you and how was it for Coach Bowden? First, let me start off by saying that Coach Bowden allowed me to get my feet wet as an eighth grader in the state, at state. Um, actually, I actually scored 17 points and had 21 rebounds as an eighth grader when I was hey. playing with LaMation McAdoo. Um, <laughs> yes. And so, and we lost. And I cried like a baby. Like, I cried. Like, I played with them the whole season. Like, I was there through everything. And that feeling then was a feeling that I never wanted to feel again. So I was like, from that day forth, if my team ever made it to state, we were going to win. You know, and then I was with players that I we we had the same group from sixth grade all the way up through my twelfth grade year. Yeah. You know, and so being with a group for that long, you know, you, you're gonna be good. You're gonna be good, and um, the feeling was impeccable. Um, my first one was really amazing because you know I ended up scoring the game winning layup, and I was playing against somebody that I looked up to. Um, shout out to Tanisha that was at Cahoma County, uh, went on to play the Southern Miss. She's an impeccable basketball player. We actually played against one another overseas. Um, and we were both being um, recruited by uh, Coach McNellis at Southern Miss. Uh, we actually, she was my host on my uh, recruiting visit. But um, just to have that feeling of bringing the goal home and then the town being so supportive and throwing a parade, um, like the support back then was crazy. Like, everybody in town was, like, for basketball, both girls and boys. Mm -hmm. And to be able to even pack out the gym, like, you had to be at our games at 6 o'clock to get a seat, yeah. you know. Um, and then yeah. it's not like we were playing single-A and double-A teams. Like, no, we only played them teams doing district. Like, we were playing Independence, Rosa Forts, the Oxfords. Mm -hmm. You know, like, we were playing 4A, 5A schools. So, I mean, to go 30 and 5 my junior year and then 35 and 0 my senior, that says a lot about cold water. Yeah. Yeah. And to, to that point, to that point it, was, it was a lot of support. And, um, you know, it was to the point we would, we would come and watch girls play, then our guys play behind them. And then we would stick around and, and watch those neighboring cities play, you know, yeah. the Holly the, the Springs and Ashlands and, you know, others, Asian yeah. buyers and those teams. So, that, that yeah. was me back then. For sure. Um, so I know you watched the show last week. Mm -hmm. Before we let Rashawn go, I caught the end. I caught the end because so I was you, late. <laughs> so if you caught the very end, you caught us asking him about his top five girls and boys. We ain't put me on no hot seat. Yeah, we ain't put me on no hot seat. They can't put me. Um, my bad. Before we transition to um you know, your college um, basketball career. Give us your top five. We won't, we, we'll exclude the boys for now, but give us okay. your top five um, girls all time, including yourself. Okay, well, I didn't get to see Yolanda Reed play, but, you know, she did bring our first championship to Coldwater, so I got to pay respect where respect is due. So I, I, I get, got Yolanda. Um, I got to get Angelica Jail. 
Like, I looked up to Jail so much. Like, she was an undersized post player, but she would work. I mean, she was grabbing board after board, post-ups, layups. Like, I admire her work ethic. Um, I got to give it to Murphy also. Um, Murphy was a different type of player. You know, we really didn't have a lot of her coming through cold water. So to see her style of play on the court, you know, that was something that was different and new. Um, she was an offensive beast. Um, then we got, uh, I throw myself in there at four. And I'm going to go with Maisha. Um, I loved playing alongside Maisha. Then Maisha won a, a, a championship with Delta State, you know. Wow. So not only did she do great things at Coldwater, she went further. And, you know, you got to respect that. You know, she took her game to the next level, and that's not easy, no matter what level of college that you're playing on. That's a great accomplishment. I'm just now knowing. I'm just now finding out about this. I didn't and know they, that. And they beat Murphy, Monticello. <laughs> that's <is> hard. <laughs> So there, there you have it. The top five. That sounds like a, I mean, solid, solid. That's that's a thirty-five and zero starting five right there. <laughs> yep. yep, solid. So we we're gonna move on um to um college ball here. Um, know you went to Arkansas. Um, very proud moment for you, your family, for us. Um, you know, a lot of people don't get the chance to play for an ACC school. First of all, mm-hmm. and, and and I know your parents. They travel a lot to come and see you play. <laughs> Yes. I know it. Friday they were on that road. Yeah. So, you know, and I've been to Fayetteville and Bentonville in that area. It's a lot different from cold water. Completely. So, uh, yeah. So t- tell me how your experience was in Arkansas. Um, it was different starting off. It was a complete, I won't say a complete culture shock, but it was different than what I'm used to. You know, um, it's not a it's not a lot of us up there. Mm-hmm. Um, but the campus was beautiful. Um, I was a part of a new coaching staff um, recruiting class. So, you know, for them to be leaving Louisville, coming to Arkansas, and they wanted me to be a part of that, you know, that that was something big. That's a big deal because they felt like I could help them grow and help them win. Um, different experiences um, as far as uh, in the environment, you know, you're around – hills, mountains, um, more scenic routes. Um, the way they speak is completely different. Um, the what, what their interests are are completely different. So Fayetteville actually evolved me. Um, it, grew, it grew me um, as a person, um, educationally, um, basketball-wise. Um, it was different, but um, I adapted. And I grew, and I think that what it instilled in me still holds in me today, and it helped me further my basketball career, you know, playing in the SEC. Um, As a freshman, I'm lining up against Candace Parker. That was one of my idols. I'm like, oh, my God, I can't believe this. Like, I got to play against Candace Parker. And then to turn around the next Thursday or Sunday, I'm going against Sylvia Fowles. It's like, Mm -hmm. what? You know, it was amazing. Like, I love Fayetteville. Shout out to Arkansas. Woo Pit Suey all day. Yeah. Um I, I know there's a lot of talk like now about like being recruited and and all that. Like, can you kind of just tell us about what that process looked like for you coming out of high school? Like how many offers did you have? Um, other visits, and then like why why did you end up ultimately deciding to uh to uh, play at Arkansas? 
Well, recruiting back then was different. Um, we didn't have social media. We didn't do the highlight tapes or any of that. So all we had was coaches either flying out to see us at AAU games or high school games. Um, I played for a Nike AAU team in Alabama, the Alabama Roadrunners. Um, that's where I spent all my summers from sixth grade all the way to my junior year in high school. I was never in cold water in the summertime. Um, to receive so much information from so many different schools. I think I had about, oh my gosh, probably about 10 or 12 shoeboxes just full of, you know, letters from schools. Um, the recruiting, it was, it was crazy. Like I was being recruited by some really good schools. Um, I think my top five was Southern Miss, Kansas State, A&M, Arkansas, and who was it, mom? And Kentucky. Those are my Texas. Word. Yeah, Texas A&M. You um, know Ms. Carolyn, though, boy. Ms. Carolyn, <laughs> she, she know that. <laughs> she, um, you know she knows. <laughs> she helped me make my decisions, you know. And, um, yes. <laughs> Shout out to mom, y'all. <laughs> yeah. um, but what ultimately um, made me pick Arkansas was just the interest like they never stopped they never let up even when i told them i was thinking about going to southern miss more so because it was closer to home i knew people there um like i said tanisha was there and um they just never let up and they let me know you know they were straightforward with me you know we want you here we need you here when you come here it's going to be x y and z and when i got there it was exactly what was promised you know, and then I had Coach Eatman, my defensive coach, showed up in my church after the blue one Sunday. So, you know, for them to go out of the way to, you know, show me that, hey, I really, really want you, you know, that really piqued a lot of interest for me. And, you know, I think I chose the best, the best school that was for me. Yeah. Yeah, coaches hear that. You got to go to church, show up at church. <laughs> and build relationships. It is so important to build relationships with these athletes. Um, Ash, so I know you spoke on the transition already, but as far as just basketball-wise, how would you describe your transition from uh, high school to, to being a D1 athlete? Um, it, was, it was a drastic change um, from the workouts. Like I said, the preseason workouts coming in as a freshman was okay. But then we went into the 5 a.m., the two-a-days, the three-a-days. Um, time management is important. Organization is important. Staying on top of your studies is important. Um, not having someone to tell you that beforehand could really get you lost. Um, and me coming from, you know, a small town like Coldwater with, certain, with a certain curriculum, um, it was different for me in the classroom. Like... I had to get more tutoring for certain subjects because we didn't have those per se classes mm -hmm. in cold water. Yeah. Um, but as far as, you know, I know you did say basketball. Um, now nah, go ahead. Elaborate <laughs> what you want because people, people need to hear this really. Um, it's, it's not many people, especially where we from that's that's going D one or, or that's at least still in cold water that's going D one. And I feel like it's important for them to hear that part too, because that's, that's as equally as important. Definitely. Because if you don't have those grades, trust and believe you will not be playing. They do not play about that. Um, so stay on top of your studies. Um, and they're going to do everything that they can do 
um, to make sure that you do that uh, as far as engaging in tutoring, um, conversing with your professors, um, um, whatever, educationally, like they're going to do whatever they have to do to help. Um, but as far as basketball, like the transition was different. I went from being one of the dominant, most dominant players on my team here in Coldwater to being a six man off the bench my freshman year. And then my sophomore year, I was a starter and I had a bigger role. So even my transition from high school to a freshman and from freshman to sophomore year, it was a, a drastic change, you know, but I had to step up to the plate and I had to do what I had to do. I put in so much work um, because I wanted to be what they saw in me, you know, um, but you just got to work hard. You got to believe in yourself, be confident. Um, like I said, the workouts are drastic. Um, the the practices, you're going to have two, three practices a day. Um, you probably leave your dorm or your apartment at five o'clock in the morning and you won't return to 930 at night and you go to sleep and you wake up and you do it again. So with those with those practices, um, I guess that's that's kind of like team stuff. What additional things that you have to do to be able to grow in, um, as a player? to put you where, where you needed to be or where you felt like you needed to be in, in those moments? Additional film sessions, for sure. Um, talking to my coaches one-on-one, -on -one, um, trying to see what it is that I can do to better help my team get wins. So a lot of film, um, a lot of individual workout practices uh, with my post coach, um, a lot of conversation. Um, and not only, and being accountable, like that was big. Like you gotta be accountable for what you do on and off the court. Um, and I think once you tap into that, then you kind of find that your way into being into, you know, what they see you being the type of the caliber player that they, they recruited basically. Yeah. Yeah. So as a follow up to that culture shock, semi culture shock, you know, I didn't, even, I didn't even play ball and I know what you mean by the classroom. So, um, you know, and, and I struggled my first semester. Definitely didn't play ball. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> so, I, so I struggled. Recreation ball. <laughs> so I, I struggled my first semester. and uh, Bro, you, you went know, to Mississippi State. You were going to struggle regardless. Hey, uh, show me that ugly sweater you got on. You ugly Christmas sweater. Ugly Christmas sweater. I'm with you, Eric, on that. <laughs> I know, right? I know. So, uh, you know, I struggled my first semester. And, um, you know, my thing was I'm not going back home. You know, I'm not going back home. So I'm sure at some points you had that going on where you was like, <clears throat> you know, I got to go into overdrive. I'm not going home. You know, yeah. uh, did you ever just feel overwhelmed? Like you felt like you didn't belong, even though we know you did. But oh, count yeah. on that for us. Plenty of times. And you know what I did? Pray. I pray. I promise. Yeah. Like when I tell you that's how I built my relationship with God was college and overseas. I mean, I would call my mom, cry on the phone with her. She'll pray with me. I mean, I'm in my bed thinking about this exam I got tomorrow. If I don't pass it, that's it. I'm waking up 3 o'clock in the morning praying, crying. Like, I'm telling you, God got me through. <laughs> Nothing else. <laughs> that's what's up. Shout out to God. Shout out to him. Triple bliss. Okay. Yep. Yeah, um... So you mentioned um, you mentioned overseas, um, and I think Eric, you were gonna uh, top it off with the overseas um, questions. 
Yeah, so I got one other question from uh, another college question before you uh, go, though. Uh, what is your all time favorite moment as a Razorback? When we beat Tennessee at Tennessee while Pat Summit was coaching. Mm. All time. Man, we beat them by one point. <laughs> 71, 72, you know, like growing up, every female wanted to go to Tennessee. You know, that was the school. Pat Summit was the GOAT, you know, rest in peace, Pat. Um, but just being able to go to Tennessee and embark on their territory when they were always top 10 school, like mm -hmm. always top 10, number one, number two in the SEC, and get the win, there's no better feeling. This was well. Yeah. All right. So switch, switching gears, <clears throat> we want to talk about your professional career for a moment. And, you know, there's a lot of stuff going around right now or communications and conversations around WNBA, international basketball, you know, the Brittany Griner situation, which we'll get on in a minute. But um, just how are the fans internationally versus what they are here? Oh, my gosh. The fans are amazing. If they're for you, they're for you. If they're against you, they're definitely against you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the home team, I mean, y'all, they will gift you. Um, when you arrive, they're at the airport. Um, mm. They're reaching out. Hey, do you need groceries? Do you need to know how to get here? Um, do you need a ride here? Um, the fans are always there. They're at the games. Like, they're the loudest. They have their signs. They got their bells, their megaphones, like. It's a whole different environment, and they take winning and losing serious. Yeah, so, so as a follow-up, it's kind of like, uh, and we're going to comp compare the two in a moment, but would you say, and I'm sorry, guys, getting off uh, script here a little bit. So with that versus WNBA, you know, I know we all saw love in basketball, the way they talked about the international ball, and what's her name? I can't remember the girl's name. Monica. But, now the other one that broke her leg, the one that thought she was the stuff. When she was like, girl, they treat you like royalty. And, oh, yeah, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. So it, it's really <laughs> like that, huh? You know what? Oh, yeah. It is. It yeah. is. In certain countries, it is. In others, not so, not so much. But I was blessed and fortunate enough to go to the countries where they do take care of you. Yeah. And where all did you play, Ash? For the, for um, I played in Portugal, Germany, um, Chile. Um, Santiago, uh, um, Hungary, Zalagerzeg, and Italy. <laughs> and Italy. Appreciate you stealing my question, but cool. <laughs> my, my bad. Look, my bad. <laughs> my bad. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna get you back. <laughs> Actually, like, what, what, um, I guess, kind of talk us through or walk us through. What kind of led to you playing overseas versus pursuing, um, like, the WNBA? Um, well, once we finished our last – my last college game, you know, I was kind of, like, in this place of, you know, what's next? You know, I really didn't know what was, what, what was going to be next for me. But I knew I wanted to continue to play ball. Was I good enough to play in the WNBA? Maybe, maybe not. But I also had another option to make money yeah. and to make good money and yes. still be able to do what I love. And um, I got a call from an agent, 
um, Lorenzo, shout out to Lorenzo, um, Two Points Agency. He's located in Italy. Um, and he was like, hey, you know, I've seen you play. I think you're a hell of a player. Um, I want to sign you to my agency and I want to get you on, you know. And so me and my coaches talked about it. Uh, we linked up with Lorenzo and he got me my first job in Portugal. Um, I made it to the championship cup <laughs> my first year. Um, averaging, I want to say 21 and 11. And it was, it was over with ever since. Like, I didn't want to leave. I didn't want to leave Europe. You know, the Jeremy Federal get two first names. <laughs> <laughs> hold, hold on a second, Ash. Hold on a second. Who are they cat? <laughs> that's one of my homies, man. That's one of my homies. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. I'm gonna fire his ass. I'm gonna fire his ass up. Don't worry about it. It ain't the first time I heard that though. So that's a good one. Hey, I'm gonna get jiggy, but I couldn't even hold it, man. I'm sorry. All right, go ahead. Send <laughs> man like Red Hayes Jackson. Oh man. All right, so let's get back. Let's get back. So, Ash, I know you played in a lot of different places. Uh, most of them, I'm sure, don't speak English. So how were the uh, language barriers? How did you get what you were supposed to get from the coaches and the training staff? And how are you able to communicate? Okay, so, yes, there is a language barrier. But what most don't know is English is the most secondary – it's the secondary language in every country. So the older gen – a lot of the older generation doesn't speak English, but most in a majority – of the young generation does. So, you know, um, they would translate for us. We would always have a younger player on the team that would translate for us. Um, most of our coaches did speak English or, you know, a, could comprehend a little bit. Um, so the, it wasn't a big language barrier for me. Um, like we always had somebody that was there to either translate or spoke English. So we really didn't have any problems there. Hey, go back to the other picture real quick. Oh, but y'all, what I can say was my first flight outright. So I had never flown out of the country before. And so I land in Frankfurt, Germany. And I'm like, everything's in German. So I'm not knowing my next gate. I'm not knowing what time I leave. I'm mm. not knowing, you know, Mac may know, like you got to catch the train to get to this, um, this side of the airport. And like I, I stopped in the middle of the airport and I had like a panic attack because I didn't know where to go, what to do. And so finally it was like this little like, old, older lady came up to me and was like, hey, are you American? And I'm like, yes. And I was like, I'm lost right now. Could you please help me? And so she allowed me to use her phone to call my agent to get me in the right location. But I, oh my, that was, that was the language barrier. The yeah, that the was airport, it, yeah. the airport. <laughs> Yeah, and, and to uh, reply to that, nah, I didn't know I was at in Germany in the airport either. But, <laughs> but usually, every time I was there, though, um, we we had um, um chartered flights, um, okay, for, for the most part. So hmm. I kind of didn't mm -hmm. like we would we would just get out, go in for the plane to refuel, and then then come back off because I, I never was stationed in Germany. So every time it was kind of like. Coming from Iraq or Afghanistan or somewhere. Yeah. Oh, but I wanted you to put this. Yeah, I wanted you to put this picture up because uh, the opponent is just look like Ashley giving her hair right there. She looks like she <laughs> <a little bit. laughs> yeah. 
Vicky got work. She was ready to come back to uh to to Arkansas somewhere. <laughs> So, actually, you looking like JL Phillips on that right picture right there. That's JL. Okay. Little JL action. I'm not going to, hey, I'm not going to say I didn't get it from him. <laughs> hey, that, that's what it's about. Hey. What it's about. Hey, and shout out, shout out to uh, Ash's teammates from high school, too, because uh, yeah. all y'all played a critical role and, and y'all look like some, um, some. I'm not going to say globe trotters, but, you know, y'all had skill that was yeah. working there. Everybody. Everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Ashley, like we we know, you know, Coldwater small town. We know you come from close knit family. Eric mentioned, you know, how your mom and dad travel. Like, um, what what challenges did playing abroad present for like your your family structure? Like being away on holidays, birthdays, and then just you know just communication. Period. Um, honestly, it really didn't affect me as much because I was missing holidays, birthdays, and all of that while in college. Um, on Thanksgiving, we will always have a Thanksgiving tournament on an island, either the Bahamas, Cancun, St. Thomas, we were always gone. Christmas, we would get a two-day vacation to come home, but we flying right back out the next day. Um, I miss birthdays. So, you know, college kind of prepared me for that and, and my family also. Um, so we would just talk via Skype. Y'all know Skype was it back then. Um, then FaceTime came. Um, but then in Germany, you know, Warwick was stationed in Germany while I was there. So we got to hang out a couple times, um, which was so dope, like so amazing. Um, but yeah, we were we, we made it work. You know, it was hard because I'm definitely a mama's girl. Um, not being able to just do things with her on weekends or just sit around and just be in her presence. You know, that was hard. But you know, we made it work. We got over it, and we enjoyed our summers. You know, when I was here for the summer, we made it count. Yeah, yeah Eric was trying. Eric was trying to get us to use Skype um, when we started doing this. <laughs> nah, no. Hey, hey. I'm, old, I'm old school. I'm old school. Um, <laughs> uh, so on average, um, I don't know about now or now if you know and when you played. How much do do women um, pro players get paid to, to hoop overseas? And do you feel that that amount is sufficient? It varies. It varies country to country, and it varies position. Um, most post players get paid more than guards. They go mm -hmm. off experience, and then they go off your resume. Um, I think the pay is good. My my agent got me really great contracts. And then, like I tell the younger players, they're going in, hey, you go in that first year, you might be making $25,000, $3,000 a month. But you go in there, you bust your ass, you get the numbers, and you make a name for yourself. And the next contract going to be five, six thousand $6,000 a month. And it's only going to go up from there. You know, so it's a lot of pros in playing overseas. But if you don't put in the work that's needed, then you won't benefit. Yeah, <clears throat> and with with that being said, um, um, Brittany Griner, I'm about to jump to Brittany Griner, and we all know the situation. Uh, it's unfortunate, uh, you know. People have their own thoughts on it. You know, me personally, I think it was pretty harsh on uh, her punishment, but we all know why she was over there. She was playing ball across seas outside of the WNBA, and they say that they don't make enough money uh, to sustain their lifestyle here from playing in the WNBA. So what what uh and I 
if you don't want to speak out of line, I don't know if you feel like you speak out of line, don't answer. No. But, um, you know, do you think um, that <clears throat> if the WNBA was paying more, that players wouldn't be put in harm's way? And I know it's a double-edged sword because, you know, it, it was great. It benefited, you know, you. Um, you know, you were a great international player. But for others who are here, you know, what, what's the uh, perspective on that? Um, like you did say, it is a very unfortunate situation. Um, and I do think that if the WNBA did kind of maximize pay more, that American players wouldn't have to go play internationally. Um, sponsorships needs to be, you know, higher. Um, and I think policies needs to be looked at again and checked again. Um, because I know that what's crazy is, you know, Diana Taurasi, she was playing for a team in Russia, right? They paid her a million, $1.2 million to not play a WNBA season because they wanted her healthy for the Russia season, you know? And, you know, when you got money coming at you like that, why not? Why not? Damn. You? you know, so WNBA do need to be, you know, held accountable in, in a sense to why we have to go elsewhere to play ball and make money. Um, but you know, they are growing. Um, the support is expanding. Um, and I think eventually they'll get there. Um, it'll, it'll take some time, but eventually they, they'll get there and we'll be able to stay here and not have to travel abroad to play ball and make money. Did you, um, did you ever receive offers or consider playing in Russia? No. Well, that's that's law, man. You know that's law. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think my parents would let me go. <laughs> yeah, and then Rory being over there too, so yeah. he already he already know what's up. Yeah. Um, but but that was actually one of my follow up questions. Um, in regards to playing internationally, like I know when as in the military. When we go overseas, even like if I want to go on vacation right now abroad, I could go look up countries that um with the security risks are some places that we can't can't go legally um due to politics and all these other things. So as a player, was there ever any guidance given to you all in regards to playing abroad as it relates to national security or or your personal safety? No. No. Every everything I all the information that was told to me was from my parents. It was unless you know when I was in I think Hungary, um, you was it Ukraine? They had a kind of like a war going on, and that's when my agent would keep me like updated with that. But as far as like don't go here, um, watch these type of people. Like no, you usually get that information when you get there from your teammates. Okay. All right. <clears throat> All right, guys. Any more questions about uh abroad and and Brittany Grind? I I was just gonna ask, like, so I know abroad. <laughs> after um, like, so after seeing the Brittany Grinder, everything, the fallout uh, from that situation, like, what what advice would you have for players right now um, that are going to play abroad, and then more specifically, um, considering going to play in Russia? Um, well, just to kind of like piggyback on Mac was saying, uh, do your research, like know what you're getting into before you get there. 
Um, don't break any laws because those people do not play. It's not America. Like it's it's, it's nothing like America. Um, so like I said, do your research. Don't do any illegal activities. If you think about it, just stay at home. Like don't even put yourself in that situation. And you know, um, just move the right way. Definitely not playing in those countries. I think I remember being in Singapore. And I don't think you can like chew gum in like in wow. in in certain buildings or whatever. It's like against the law to chew gum. Um, I forgot what areas, but it it might have been like in a train station or something like that. Wow. Ooh. Oh. <laughs> As you you know, we go clown. So you know we go clown. <laughs> We dead serious, but we gonna clown now. Let's do it. Hey, that's the only way. That's the way. So, um, <clears throat> coach, role models I've been looking for up to for a while. Anybody know this kid? Who's kid? Is this uh, this Stacy. Stacy, son. I thought so. Okay. That's right, cool. Hey, man, uh, we around. You know, we ain't hard to find. He talking about me, man. We ain't hard to find. He already know you from. Down there, <laughs> so um, uh, yeah, so um, shifting over into um, coaching, you know, um, I know now you're 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 back, you know, you're you're done playing international ball, you know, you're passing on passing the torch um, to others, to kids and all. But before jumping into that, out of all your coaches, which coach would you say you're most like? Definitely Coach Pop. <laughs> Only a spoon. All right. Definitely. All right. So um, so I have a follow-up question to that because, you know, you saw part of the show from last week. I would encourage you to go back and watch the entire show. Okay. From last week. I know it's, it's lengthy. It was, it was the longest that we've had. But, uh, yeah. Um, you know, Rayshawn made some, some great points. Um, some we didn't agree with. Some we agreed with. Some the audience agreed with. And some they didn't agree with. But, um, you know, we talked about his approach. And I, and I know, you know, you may have a slightly different approach than what he has. But tell us about your approach and how you connect with players. Well, like I was saying earlier, like, you have to build a relationship with these players these days. Um, they want to know that they can trust you. They want to know that you are there for them. Um, and they want to know that you do believe in them. So first it starts with the relationship. And then it starts with the on-the-court stuff, um, with the workouts, the practices, the critiquing, um, the correcting. Um, and then you go into the discipline, you know. But my approach is relationship first. Then I feel I get that relationship with you. Then I feel like I can correct you. Then once you res once you show me that you know you're taking in what I'm saying, then we can take it up to another notch. That in these workouts, when things when you're not doing what I know you can do, okay, then it comes to discipline. Okay, so make um, I'll give you a chance to steal a question of mine if you want to. Now I don't know if you you guys a follow up today. If you don't, I'm, I'm gonna move on. Yeah, I got a follow up. <laughs> Actually, move on, and I'm gonna follow up off the next one. <laughs> All right. So Huh? Under what standard? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, when, when we talk about your coaching, we also know you have a camp. 
<laughs> yeah, we have uh, one, two hoops uh, in cold water. Still, mm-hmm. right? Um, uh, yes. As of now, yeah. Nick is yeah. Uh, we have you here picture with um, Mario Allen, uh, Cord Martin, and Big Nick. Mm-hmm. Nick Cobbage. So, um, pretty good ball players also um, out of cold water. Yes. So, um, you know, when we talk about one, two hoops, what, you know, kind of tell us about it and what, you know, how long you've been around and, and how long you plan to be around with it. Okay. So, one, two hoops was um, brought up when I stopped playing ball overseas. I wasn't sure if I wanted to coach or not. I had no idea. Um, but I did know that I still wanted to be around the game and I still wanted to help others grow. So this was an organization put together to help build the skill in our area. Um, I wanted to work one-on-one with players. I wanted to work with all ages, no restrictions. And I just wanted to improve the skill level and the talent in our area because when I left, it wasn't as dwindled down as it is now. Now we're less athletic, we're less involved, and they're not interested. And so I just want to build that that interest, that want to, that motivation. I just want to bring that back to the area to let the kids know, hey, I'm from Coldwater. I'm from this same town. And look what basketball did for me. It can do the same for you as long as you stick with it and put in the work. That's that's what One Two Hoops is all about. Just growing and progressing and sticking with them throughout their whole entire journey, whether it's basketball, football, whatever it is, um, in the classroom, outside the classroom, life, like we're here. That's dope. Yeah. Um, we at one two hoops. Uh, I know you speak about the area. Um, what you want to bring back to the area, get that sports feel back, and train kids of all ages. Um, how do how does that translate? Um, with the players that you are currently coaching, do, do you take or? have separate segments of, of what you bring to one, two hoops with them or, or how, I guess, how, how do you see it growing or how do you want it to grow? I guess. Well, what I would do is I would just like to be more consistent with it. Um, I would like to run at least three camps a year and I would like to have individual workout sessions, but the thing y'all, I want to keep it in the area because this is the area that I want to support. But it is so hard to get a facility here. It is so hard to get the support here to keep it going. And it's not, it is not the cold water citizens. It is the other, the people from other surrounding areas that's filling spots within the school system. Um, As far as the district county office principals, that's making it a challenge for us to make it a consistent thing. But I would love for One Two Hoops to become a big brand of just growing athletes, um, building skills, like I said once before, um, definitely having three camps a year and then doing individual workouts um, as needed. But my challenge right now is a facility. I have my gym in Memphis, but I know transportation is an issue for people in our area. I know monetary thing is a, is an issue for our area, you know, and because of that, I've dialed back on it to see, figure out other ways to continue it to go. Like shout out to Demetri Williams who allowed me to use his court um, this past summer to do yeah. the first outside one two hoop camps. 
that was a big thing. And we had a great show out, um, show up. Um, he, built, he built it from the ground up. Ground up in a nice, a nice outdoor um, set, like full court. And he has bleachers. Um, mm -hmm. He had the speaker, like everything was good. Um, but I just do want it to continue to grow. I want to continue to have the support from my, uh, from Coldwater, from Tate County, like everywhere, the surrounding areas. Um, we're not leaving out anybody. You know, I train girls from Memphis. I work out with my high school girls every day. I'm taking Brandia to the gym every day, you know. And if I could just figure out a way to get our girls there, I mean, I would work out with them every day. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm, I'm going to make it clear. Um, actually, I'll be, um, since we named the show Sticks and Stones, you know, sometimes I don't care what they think about what I say. So now is one of those times. So what I just heard from Ashley is, and I'm not putting words in her mouth, but the district, the county is on BS about allowing us to use the facilities for something positive for the kids around Coldwater. That's really what I'm yeah. And you, yeah. You're not the first to say that. So, Travis, I put your coming up here. Tell us how we can help. <clears throat> this is how we can help. By doing things like what we're doing right now, calling this stuff out. You know, the district has been asking us around. And when I say us, I mean cold water and people around cold water about doing something positive. We all know the school situation. We ain't going to hound on that. And I ain't going to get on a soapbox. But when you got people like Ashley, who's trying to run a camp, having a hard time getting the facility to run a camp, you got people like Ricky Tyson Jr. want to go to the school and be a mentor to the kids and get put off campus. You got people like Trail Kimmins who ran for this country, but he's, he's he's banned from the high school where he ran track, where he didn't even have a track and had football practice on a baseball field. So just, just think about that for a moment. You know, um, when I mentioned earlier that we, we sent our invitations to people, um, some of the leaders have responded. <clears throat> said they'll get back with us. <laughs> Some hadn't even responded. Left me on red, or however you say it. I told you I'm old school. But, you know, we, 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 want, we want to get them on because we want the answers. You know, we ain't trying to bash nobody, but right. it's bullshit. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It is. And then not only that, but Miss Johnson goes out of her way every time I request the gym to try to do what she can to give me that. The times that I did get it, I had to pay full price for it. Not only did I have to pay for that, I had to get a million-dollar liability insurance policy on that. Not only that, I had to pay for lights. I had to pay for the air. I had to pay the coaches. I had to buy camp materials. I had to buy camp equipment. I buy snacks. I buy gifts. Like, all of that is coming out. In my first camp, I didn't charge the $15. Yeah. So I'm not benefiting off that at all. Like, I came, I come out of my pocket every camp. Literally to try to make it the best that it could be. I think uh, it, that's why it's important. Like like he said already that we had these conversations like this. Um, I'm sure people around the area already know. But to bring awareness to it, but not all, not only to bring awareness, but so we could pull together and figure out, you know, what I'm saying how we could contribute as a community, how we can um help as a whole when the school is on the bullshit you know what i'm saying what can we do how yeah. how can we come together and, and build some of our own that that doesn't require the school and, mm -hmm. and doesn't require the approval of people that that don't seem to be for us regardless of what we're trying to co contribute to the community so mm -hmm. um 
I don't know. We just got to keep doing what we're doing, keep pushing forward, and it's going to get better. But sure. so, I, I, so, I think that, um, you know, one idea, um, and I don't know if you tried this or not, but I know Second Baptist has a life center. I know um, the church down west of Coldwater has a, a life center. center. Yeah. I did. I mean, I don't want to just put this out there, but I did reach out to Second Baptist, and it was told to me that they only actually um, – Lend their gym out to their church members. Okay. Damn, I'm a member at Second Baptist. So, so maybe you can get it, Matt. Maybe I can get it. Next. <laughs> maybe I can get it. Next. Ricky, Tyson. Ricky Tyson, you need some help with that, Ricky Tyson. <laughs> so if um if they only lend it to members, then do they rent it out? Because if, if that if that's the thing, if they rent it out, well, and rent to members. It rents members. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I really um. For the next camp or for whatever, whenever we're trying to use it. I, I don't know what's going to happen with it, but I'm definitely more than happy. I have a great relationship with Pastor Givens, and uh, I'm more than happy to bring that up to see, you know what I'm saying, if we can contribute or uh, my main is there. Uh, I'll be close by soon and, and try to figure out how we can do whatever we can to to make it happen if, if it's feasible. Yeah, that would be great. Really yeah. great. Yeah, and, and so so speaking speaking on camps, um, I know you said you hadn't watched the whole show, but um, we talked to Ray Sean last week, mm-hmm. right? And but before I jump into the camp piece, um, Ray Sean pretty much um, I'm not say called you out. He pretty much reached out to you, or or threw you know um, an olive branch to you on his on his uh, his interview last week. Okay. He pretty much said he don't have an issue with you. He don't have an issue with Miss Carolyn, and he would like you and him to sit down and have a conversation, you know, a responsible conversation. And you know, what you y'all can understand each other. How do you feel about that, and are you willing to do that? First, let me say I do not have an issue with Ray. I don't have, I don't dislike Ray Shine. I do not dislike him. I dislike how he do certain things. That's it. I do yes. not mind talking to I've actually reached out to Rayshawn when it first started in his DMs personally to try mm-hmm. to have a conversation. And he was kind of against it, you know, and he just took it on to the Facebook platform. Okay. And so he wanted to keep it public. Now, am I willing to talk to him? Yes, of course. You know, there's no bad blood. Um, I would love to get an understanding of what the problem is, you know, with him towards me, maybe. Or no, not even me. It's my girl's. It's okay. my girls. So, I, I really dislike how he speaks on my girls. Okay, so I'm gonna leave, I'm gonna leave that there because okay. he he said that he wanted you and him to have that conversation. Okay, but I just wanted to at least put it out there that you're willing to have that conversation with him. So we'll okay. let y'all handle that piece of it. Um, you know, but um, and if y'all want to yeah. have that conversation on the show, let us know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, do what you want. <laughs> <laughs> so we so we y'all um. When y'all get together, you know, then we can bring y'all back on together because I actually told Rayshawn uh, last week that if he's going to try to get a camp together, then, you know, I, we, slash, we're going we gonna to support it. Yeah. Uh, so so it, it, may, it may be something even bigger. You know, you and him may For be able sure. to, you, y'all sure. may be able to come together and outside of your one, two, maybe do another camp, a different camp. For sure. You know, and I, I, hey, anything for the kids. Like, I, I really mean that. Yep. So um yeah that's good stuff and, and to that to that point he um you know he actually had a live the night after we um we talked with Rayshawn and you know um 
his approach. He, he's willing to try something different. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's he's willing to take a look at his approach. We ain't try, we ain't here to change nobody, but right. I think I think that the uh, the the openness and the conversations that was had, <clears throat> you know, on on the call, on the uh, podcast, off the podcast, and just him taking a look at the way kids are today versus what they were back when we were in school. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what that's what's going to allow him to um, take a different approach at times. So, you know, and that's that's one thing you and him agreed on was that the kids now are different than what they were back then. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's hard to coach like Coach Fiverr, you know, every day and to every, every athlete, as Mac mentioned last week. You know, so um, I, I think that'll be a good thing if y'all can get together. Yeah, for sure. It'll happen. Yeah. yeah. Hey, I just um, had one thing. I guess we'll start wrapping the show up on a positive note. You mentioned Miss Johnson. And I know, you know, we talk about Spiva, you know, doing that, doing that run where y'all went back to back championships, but just kind of speak on the role that um Ms. Sharon Johnson played. Um oh my know, gosh. The biggest no, no, shout out to Coach Johnson. Um, not only did we have her for basketball, but track and we had her in school as a math teacher also. Um, Miss Johnson was that female um field that we needed. Um, she made sure that the girls were straight. We made she made sure we had everything we needed. She made sure we was on our shit. Um, when we traveled, she made sure it was no bullshit. Um, you know, we would come over to the bench. You know, I mean, I, I hardly got slept out, but she gonna let me know, like, hey D, you know, you need to get on your shit. You, you bullshitting right now, you know. So she was always that motivator. She was always that straightforward person that you needed, um, whether you wanted to hear it or not. Um, she was there for you when you cried, when you was mad, um, when you were happy. She was there to congratulate you, to support in that. Um, she was a she was needed. She was needed, and yeah. she played an intricate part of. Uh, tra- track championships and basketball championship championship. Yeah. So shout out to Coach Johnson. Shout out Miss Johnson. She helped me graduate too. I, had, <laughs> I, 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 had, I mean, I had good grades, but I think uh my boy Hub stole the roll book from the geometry teacher one time, and we skipped the whole semester after that. I had to take a test to pass at the end of the year, and she uh you know she helped me. She helped me with that. Don't tell nobody. <laughs> Don't tell nobody that though. Even though we on air. <laughs> and then um lastly just kind of tell us about um where you're coaching it right now um what you're doing and uh you know how the season is uh going for you right now i'm at city university schools in memphis um we are a public charter school um in whitehaven um we're not very athletic we're not very talented but i have some very hard working girls um, I don't have a senior or a junior. I have two eighth graders, freshman and sophomore. Um, mm-hmm. Your girl, Brandia, played really great last night. She finished with 15 points. Um, she's just getting into the groove of basketball. So, like, I'm really proud of her. Um, but we're working. You know, we're progressing game by game, day by day, practice by practice. Um, I'm just instilling that, you know, that never give up mentality in them and to let them know, you know, as long as you stick together and you work hard, you know, in the latter years, it's going to pay off. Yeah. So, so, so what, what would you say? And, you know, I know you're coaching girls. I know you have girls and boys at your camps, right? Mm-hmm. 
So um, what would you say to the kids? Obviously, we have kids on here tonight. Uh, Stacey's son on here. What would you say to them about, about staying out of trouble? You know, not just about athletics, but just in general. Oh, guys, really think before you act. Um, like in school, outside of school, at home, outside of home, everywhere you are, think before you act because someone is always watching. Um, if you're trying to continue your athletic career, no matter what sport it is, the coaches are watching, whether it's social, watch what you post on social media, watch what you share on social media, um, watch how you talk to others when you're out because you never know who's who and who can help you get to where. Um, don't involve yourself in something that you know you don't need to be in. Um, like carry yourself like a student athlete and really like take heed to that title and know what comes with it. Um, you want to stay clear of, I mean, I was in an unfortunate situation, sadly, but, you know, God has blessed me to, you know, get out of it and continue my life in a, a very good way still. Um, but even mishaps happen. And when those happen, you know, you, you don't change. You, you stay positive. Um, you stay on the right way. And um, you just continue to, to do what's right. Like, don't let nobody tell you different. Like, please just continue to do what's right. You know what's right. You know what's wrong. So, yeah, that's what's up. Yes, sir. Actually, I think I think we um I think we're about done. Anything anything you want to say? I know we we've we've uh, interviewed you like you applying for a job or something. But, you, know, <laughs> you might need you one day as an anchor. But uh, <laughs> you know, anything you want to want to say or leave us with? Um, first I want to say um thank you guys for having me. Um, I really enjoyed and appreciate my time on here um i want to give a major shout out to the home team cold water always sticking together always supporting one another Rayshawn, ain't no bad blood we good hit me up we can talk about whatever it is we can get to the point and we can move forward um shout out to my mom i love you thank you for always having my back no matter what the situation is um and just much love to everybody if you support me i love you and if you don't i still love you that's it. And before we get out of here, y'all, um, Matt got some new music. So we yes, want to uh, <laughs> yeah, he, got, he, he got some new music. But uh, Ashley, we, look, we appreciate you. Uh, it's always good. You know, um, I hadn't seen you in a long time. But, sure, you know, yeah. it, it's, it's always been good. You know, I, I, I remember you walking around with a with a chili <laughs> skirt on. I'm like, girl, you don't go in the gym. Get up, put that. <laughs> you know how I change right after game. Yeah. <laughs> you, you don't get in the gym. <laughs> But, but, but it's always good, though. Uh, we, we definitely appreciate you coming on. Thank you. Yeah, Thank you for having me. Thanks, as, bro. As Wayne King would say, may the sun be at your face and may the wind be at your back. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. All right, man. All right, man. Run, that, run that tune, man. Say it again, right. then. I'm going to show you. <laughs> Let me run that real quick before we get up out this jump. Yes, sir. I think I might, I might drop this tomorrow. You might drop it tomorrow? Yep. Hey, talk to me. When I tag y'all tomorrow, don't be untagged. Move forward, never backtrack. I put this shit on my shoulders like a backpack. Savage, 21, yeah, blackjack. Hit the powder with the water, that's a flapjack. 
Got caught with the work and snitch, you a pack rat. I do this shit for the chips, this a rap snack. I be preaching through these bars, I'm on a higher mission. You would think I wrote these verses out in hieroglyphics. You heard I got it popping, yeah, I probably did. Been kicking shit like this since Karate Kid. Was 18 with a foreign like Fabi. Japanese denim, shout out to Mr. Miyagi. <laughs> I always got picked, but I didn't play. I always knew the top was my end state. How can a stranger come and tell me what my friends say? How can he without seeing be a sensei? Off the muscle, I keep the heat, no being gay. Niggas weak in the middle, it ain't Wednesday. All this money talk, but we seeing different. We still waiting on you to ball like Ben Simmons. Off the block running shit, I feel like trail chemist. My homie like 6'5", but he sell midget. Spinners in the car, we don't sell fidgets. With some niggas throwing signs that never held pickets. Climb to the top of the mountain to watch the sun rise. You was doing all that talking, now your tongue tied. Exotic views of the beach from the mountainside. Hustling to watch the amount in my accounts rise. Cause really we came from zero And slapping niggas in the airport like Grove Hero I come from the slums of Mississippi like a mosquito We're hating to get your ass rolled up like a taquito They think I'm crazy, shout out to CeeLo But knowing they couldn't stop me with a presidential veto Just bought a new hammer, but not from Home Depot A bow in the vest came with it like a tuxedo They say the feds listening, trying to hit niggas with Rico So I be saying shit like sticks with me like Chico In Memphis with like gas and water, but I ain't Zebo. I put it on the line for the fam, I'm at the free throw I came to take the game back, nigga this a repo The A's and B's I made don't compare to these C-notes with the pool, but I need a gazebo. Shorty gave me turtleneck, I should've wore a peacoat. I always got picked, but I didn't play. I always knew the top was my end state. How can a stranger come and tell me what my friends say? How can he without sin be a sensei? I'm a sensei and I'm sensational. The place full over here, they low vibrational. I'm the best where I'm from, it ain't debatable. Them niggas don't fuck with me cause they ain't capable. Hey, on that note, bro. On that note, all go. Fire, fuego, fuego. Hey, they came over <laughs> with me because they ain't capable. I meant that. <laughs> <laughs> it's hot, man. I hey, appreciate it, man. Appreciate all the love, bro. Until next week, man. Hey, go ahead and tell them who we got coming next week, or um, so we can they can go ahead and lock it in. Yeah, next week on Wednesday, seven or seven fifteen. Um, we're going to run it back. We're going to talk to Dr. Cedric Jackson. Um, we're going to speak on a few things, but, uh, the most important of the topics we're going to cover is, is going to be mental health. Uh, we feel like it's on the right time for that, right before the holidays, a lot of unfortunate things going on. So hopefully he can come on and speak some life and, uh, give us some ways to cope with, uh, a lot of the issues that we see in the community and, uh, just touch on mental health, touch on counseling, and to to give more people some uh, information that they might not know about uh, seeking counseling if they need it, getting help, et cetera. So I'm looking forward to that conversation. Yeah, man. Big show next week, man. Everybody tap in, man. We know everybody out here dealing with stuff. You know, people scared to get help. Um, so uh, definitely tap in with us next week and uh, see, see what uh, the doctor got to say. Yep, and the main one, black men, you know, let's not just log in for the drama. 
We'll see who they took. Let's log in next week for the mental health stuff because we are the least likely to go and uh and get help. And you know, I know it sounds like you depend on somebody about getting help when we're used to being the provider, used to being the go-to. But uh, you know, uh Dr. Jackson may have some great stuff for us all next week. Oh yeah. All right, until next week. Appreciate it. Stacey Stone may break my bones, but words would never hurt me. Go follow Spotify, YouTube, all that. All up. Peace.